0: Welcome to 2022 and welcome to the Triage Method podcast. We are recording this in the final days of 2021. So assuming there were no world ending ending events to end the year, you're hopefully listening to this from the future, from 2022. So happy new year to you and your families. I hope you all had a lovely Christmas. I hope you all have a very prosperous new year. And I hope that us here at Triage can help you to have a better year and and set some goals. And and that's what we're going to be
1: talking about today, right, Patty? Yeah. So today we pretty much do a podcast similar to this every single year. And there's a reason for that. It's not because, you know, oh, we're scrambling for ideas or whatever. Man, we have literally maybe 400 ideas written down in terms of podcast (laughs) topic ideas, right? So it's not because of that. It's because it's actually so central to all of the stuff. I I would argue that it's central to all of the stuff you do in life, right? Like if you don't have any goals in life, you were just wandering, and while that's fine at certain stages of your life, I'm not going to say you you always have to know exactly where you're heading. But for the vast majority of people, you have some sort of targets, right? You can call them goals, but either way, they're they're targets. You're aiming towards something, right? And the unfortunate thing is, every single year at this time of year, especially because you know, even though it's, you could argue it's not exactly a clear rationale why we chose this time of year. Like it's not like it's the winter solstice. It's it's arbitrary. It's a random date. It's not like there's a perfect reason for this being the inflection point of this year ended and this year started, right? There's no real rationale, right? However, that still changes people's minds. You know, it still influences how people act, right? It might be arbitrary. It might be like, oh, who cares? But ultimately I know next week it's the the 3rd of January, I think, is a Monday. This, I think it's actually coming out today is the, the 3rd of January, if you're listening to this on the day it came out. And I know the gyms are going to be packed with people. I know people are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to get stuck into my diet. I know people are going to be like, yeah, I'm going to aim towards this or I'm going to study this and I'm going to do X, Y, Z, blah, blah, blah. You know, People are influenced. It's arbitrary. It's you know, meaningless, whatever, but it's what we're dealing with, right? And the unfortunate thing is every single person, well, not every single person, but so many people, every single year they write down the same goals or similar goals or some variation of a very similar goal. And by February, they're off the bandwagon. They're not accomplishing them. They don't have uh, anything to show for what they wrote down at the, the start of the year. You know, you might've spent the last few days going like, you know, what am I going to aim towards in the new year? Cause I know about myself and Gary have done this in terms of like, you know, we do some business planning. We do some like you know, personal planning, whatever. And we're like, this is what we want to accomplish next year. Um, And I know everyone does that every single year, but unfortunately, again, February rolls around and everyone's, well, the vast majority of people are off track already. They don't know how to get back on track. They, they haven't aligned themselves with what they want to achieve. And then, you know, 12 months roll around and we're back again in, in January, this 2023 and whatever. And they're like, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm really motivated. I'm ready to attack my goals. And then again, the same thing happens. And you might have experienced this yourself. You're really motivated. You're highly like, yeah, let's get this going. And you fall off the wagon. So how do we actually overcome this? Well, the first thing we need to do is actually set effective goals. So we actually need to sit down and set the intention for the year and we have to go through a little bit of a process and we do this with the, you know, the vast majority of our clients we go through a process of like what are we actually aiming for because we're going to apply this the, the, the kind of framework towards health and fitness stuff and we'll go through how we think about that stuff uh, at the start here but you can apply this to any area of your life you know we use the same framework where we're like oh i need to get educated on a topic you know how am i going to do that right like what are what are the actual goals within that you know oh i want to have x degree you know, that's that's just a vague goal. Like, what, what's, what, what, what does that break down into? What do we have to do this year or next few months? Blah, blah, blah. And we'll, we'll show you how to do this stuff. Also applies to money. It also applies to family. All of the things that you can think of, it applies to. Well, the vast majority of things anyway, right? And we're going to apply it to the health and fitness stuff, but I want you to go into this episode thinking... How does this apply to all of my goals? How can I use this framework for thinking about this stuff, and then actually use that going forward? Right. So this podcast, while it's you know setting the intentions for the new year, it's basically a podcast on effective goal setting, effectively putting uh, a goal setting framework in place so that you know this January, yeah, you finish this January, but you're still aiming towards your goals. You're still working towards your goals in February, and then by the time you know next January rolls around. You can actually look back on your year and go, wow, I actually accomplished my goals this year. What are bigger goals for the next year? You know, because what we ultimately want to do is build that momentum year on year on year, rather than always feeling like you're at a plateau. And that's unfortunately where people often find themselves, especially as they get into their 20s, their later 20s, and their 30s. You know, you see it all the time. So do you have anything to say on that, young Gary? Set any intentions for the year.
0: Yeah, I think first and foremost, I think you need to, you know, have clarity with yourself about, I guess, your your general values, the things you stand for, and what direction you're taking your life overall. Because sometimes, although a year can seem like a long time, it's actually relatively short in the grand scheme of things, but still has a very significant contribution as you add them all up. So you need to think about like, what are you aiming at over five years and ten years? And to be fair, depending on your age, um, some people within our demographic of, of listeners will be, you know, in their twenties um, or even late teens sometimes. And when you're at that stage in your early twenties, sometimes life is kind of very clearly mapped out for you because, like, there's a you know, if you're in college there's clear semester lengths, there's clear times at which you do your exams, and there's like a clear ladder that you're on.
1: Even just before college, like think of like zero to 18, there's a very clear structure. At yes. Four years old or five years old, or whatever they've changed it to these days. It's like, you go to primary school, you do this, you know, this is what you do for the first two years, and then you're doing this. And then it's the same with, like, you know, in, in Ireland, at least, you know, we have like a secondary education. It's like you do these years. Okay, yeah, you can skip fourth year if you want to, but it's at least you're like, I know this is going to happen in this year, and I know this is what we're working towards. And this is a clear framework. These are the topics that I have to cover. Yeah, you have some choice in it, but at least you can choose and you know exactly what is going to be covered. You're like, here's the book. I only have to learn this one. One book very clearly mapped, and obviously, as you get to college, like you have more choices in, introduced into the system, where you're like, "What, what, what degree am I going to aim towards?" But let's assume you've got that. Nailed, I can even speak nailed down, and you're like, "Okay, I know what's going to happen there." You're mapped; it's mapped out for you. You're like, "Okay, do these exams, do this, do this, do this, study these things." It's not like there's a lot of surprise, but obviously, once you get into the real world outside of that academic framework, it's a lot different. Yeah, absolutely. And,
0: you know, you, that's when that's when it really becomes important to actually use these arbitrary time periods for reflection. You know, even though you could set goals for two years or three years or whatever, if you know where you're going over the next five to 10 years, like, for example, let's say five years, but like you're we're in our late 20s, Patty's, you know, 30 in a week. We're at that stage in our lives where it's like, right, the, the kind of big pillars that are upcoming for us are thinking about things like kids, marriage building a family, you know, hitting certain financial goals. So you can, mortgages, yeah, build a house, et cetera, or buy a house. All these things are are somewhere within that kind of five to 10 year um, time ahead of us. So as a result, there's, there's, there needs to be some sort of structure there or else life can just get ahead of you because there's certain things in life that, you know, do have time limits to some degree, like obviously, fertility would be one if you want to have kids, there's a certain time limit on that that's ticking. And if you're not planning these things to some degree, um, it can run away from you. And that's very relevant to health and fitness as well. Because what can often happen is people will say, you know, oh, at some stage, I'd love to do this, you know, it might be um, for me, actually, for a few years, it was like, oh, I'd love to, you know, start jujitsu. I want to do that at some point, you know, because I saw other people doing it and I said, oh, I want to start that at some point. But The longer you leave those things, the more difficult it's going to be for you to be able to really reach your true potential. Because obviously, again, the biological clock is ticking and certain components of fitness just won't really be maximized in your 40s, 50s, 60s, etc. So you need to be working on your goals now. And that's why you need to have clarity on your direction. You know, if you're in a career, let's say, that is going to intensify in the next few years. Maybe you're moving from, you know, um, basic office staff. You're trying to actually move up to manager or director type of position. You need to work 60 to 80 hours a week. You know, you need to know that if that's happening in the next five years, my fitness might actually have to take a bit of a backseat. I mightn't be able to train six days per week, two hours a day. So you need to have clarity on what your values are, what you're aiming at, and then start to break them down into different uh, compartments so for example what I would say is what are the life skills that you want to develop what are your fitness goals that you want to develop what are the um, elements of your career that you want to develop and maybe you could say family slash relationships of course there are other categories but if you think of those different categories you might say life skills what's in there okay I always said I wanted to learn a language but I'm always putting it off you know there's specific steps that you take then to break that down further. For me, it was Russian. I've been saying for years, I want to learn Russian, you know? And there was never anything specific. I might do a bit of Duolingo here and there, you know, before a trip to Belarus, I might do a little bit. But last year, 2020, I was like, okay, I need to take this seriously. I'm going to book lessons with a teacher and have accountability there so that by the end of the year, I've made very clear progress. And that's the kind of clarity that you need to have. You need to be able to say, This is something I care about. And here then are the specific action steps that I'm going to take. Because that's the part that's very often missing at the beginning of the year when you're setting your intentions and setting your goals is that people might say, you know, I want to graduate, let's say, from my degree this year with a first class honors degree. But that grade might be so far beyond what you've achieved in the past. And that intention in and of itself isn't going to do anything. There needs to be clear steps laid out as to how you're going to change your study practices, how you're going to, you know, facilitate high cognitive performance through sleep, through exercise, etc. The steps need to be there or it won't happen. Because what you have to realize is that at this point in time, heading into a new year, you've got this, you know, kind of dream in your head. You're feeling motivated, you know, you think that you're going to do all of these things, but without them being concrete, the intentions are nothing, so set the intentions. Question the different categories or compartments of your life. What do you want to focus on most, and then put the action steps in place. So that's a, a kind of a basic loose framework for how we start.
1: Hmm. Yeah, like you think about all this stuff. It's like you just laid out the the, the meta view, the process. Like you, you know? need the, you need to have a vision, right? And unfortunately that's where people often fail, right? And you might, it's a bit strange because you would think that's kind of the easiest bit, right? Like say, for example, like we're going to apply this to health and fitness because obviously that's our realm. That's, we coach people in this stuff. You know, we think about this stuff. We would consider ourselves, you know, quasi experts in this stuff. So obviously we know the processes that seem to work in this realm. But again, you need, you'd be surprised by how many people come to us and they have vague goals, you know, they're kind of like, "Uh, I want to, I want to improve my health and fitness. But when you actually dial in on actually specifics, they don't really have a very quantifiable metric for that, right? So what we want to do here, this is kind of a process to go through. And again, we're going to apply it to health and fitness, but think of this as just a, a general framework here. You can plug and play this stuff into whatever the goal is, right? But it all starts with that initial, like, okay, I need to sit down and I actually need to make a list of all of the things that I want to do in life, you know, uh, again, like, you know, maybe it's learning language, maybe it's start a family, maybe it's doing X, Y, Z. I mean, spend some time, write down every possible conceivable goal that you have, right? Because some of them are going to be time constrained. You know, if you're like, oh, I want to climb, I don't know, the fucking highest mountain. I don't know the Himalayas. I want to climb, whatever, you know, you want to do this, you know, are you really going to be like, okay, I'll put that off until I'm 70, you know? Probably not. You're going to be like, okay, well, if that's something that I really want to do, I'm going to have to prioritize that in the next five, 10, whatever years it is for you. Right. So if you have these vague goals and you don't actually sit down and go, okay, this is, you know, these things need to be done at this certain stage in my life, you're not going to accomplish it. Right. They're just going to be vague goals. So it all starts with literally, I mean, every single goal that you have, every, even if it's a vague goal, even if it's just a, yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be kind of cool to do. You know, that'd, that'd be fun. Write it all down, right? And then go through that list, right? And, you know, you probably, it makes sense to have some sort of calendar of your life in front of you. And just like, even if it's just a timeline being like, right, I'm 20 now, this is 20 to 30, this is 30 to 40, this is whatever, 40, 50, keep going forward, right? And you'd be like, right, well, you know, if I have these fitness goals, you know, am I going to maximize them in my 70s? Probably not, right? So let's cross out those years. They're not going to be like working towards building, they're going to be maintaining. Right, And you kind of work backwards and go, okay, well, that means that right now I have to prioritize this stuff, right? I have to prioritize it now or I'm never going to achieve it whenever, right? And it really makes sense to do that, to sit down and go, okay, here's my timeline, here's all my goals, what are my priorities? And I mean, just from a purely timeline perspective, right? Map out your priorities, but then do a further step and actually sit back, like take a step back. Usually I like to encourage people to do this, not all at once, you know, just be like, write down all your goals, right at a timeline of, you know, when you can work on these things and then, you know, take a step back, come back to it the next day, in a week's time, whatever, and then actually sit down and go, these are my actual priorities in life, you know, like we've discussed before, like the two of us care about having kids. You know, I want to have as many fucking kids as I possibly can. I want to have a family, right? And so for me, I know like right now, while I don't have kids, I can work on all these other attributes. I can work on, you know, I can go to the gym more often. I can go do jujitsu four nights a week. You know, I can you know, spend 10 hours a day working, right? I can, you know, I really have to focus on obviously bumping up my income if I want to have fucking eight kids, right? So I, I need to work on all of this stuff now so that I lay the foundations so that I can have, you know, the the family that I want, right? And you can't kind of do it backwards. I can't go, oh yeah, I'm going to start a family. And I don't have enough income to support them, so I'm probably going to have to stop after two kids because I'm not able to support them, and I'm not able to spend more time with them because you know I'm doing jujitsu four nights a week, and I'm going to the gym, and I'm doing this, and I have to work ten hours per week, and blah blah blah. You know, it's like some things can't be done together. You know, obviously people do that together. I'm not saying that's impossible, but I'm just saying. You know, you have to kind of map this stuff out. So you need to sit down and go, what are my actual priorities in life? And this is a really important and valuable tool to to actually do, especially at the start of all this and kind of go, right, these are my priorities. Then just assess your current life. Like if you say, okay, do like people often do like a pie chart and be like, you know, how much of your time or what's a priority for you? And you might be like, well, 60% is family, friends, social life. I really value that stuff, right? And you're like, that's a 60% of my value list, right? And you have all the other stuff that fills it in. And then you go, okay, well, what am I currently allocating towards that? And you look at your time, you look at your priorities, and you're like, I only allocate 5% towards something that I value at 60%. Right. So then you need to reorganize your life and go, Okay, I need to reprioritize some things because I have been prioritizing X over something that actually matters. Right now, that's not always a perfect thing, because, again, as we said, sometimes you're going to need to prioritize something else ahead of something that actually matters more to you purely because it actually sets you up to be able to engage in that stuff for the rest of your life. You know, like I always think like your, your twenties and thirties should kind of be spent maximizing your fucking income. You know, like if you have the highest income possible, that also sets you up for, you know, later in life in your old age, but also allows you to do whatever the fuck you want to do later in life. And while, yeah, you're giving up your twenties, your, your best years, your most energetic years. Like, it's not like you have to completely disregard all of that other stuff. You know, it's not like you can't be working on your fitness. It's not like you can't be working on your relationships, whatever. But if you lay that foundation, if you spend that year, those years, 20 to 30, getting your income up to as high as it possibly can for your career choice and whatever else. I'm like you, you've set yourself up to do whatever you want in your 30s, in your 40s, whatever, right? Um, so we have to not necessarily just look at the right now, what your priority list is. Like, yeah, your priorities are these. Your time allocation is this. Is that actually working towards the ultimate priority. And that's why we have that timeline Again, this is when I need to focus on these different things. And we're going to come back to that later on in the podcast when we're talking about actually mapping this stuff out more clearly, right? But what I want to do right now is let's actually put this framework into play, right? Let's actually go through, you know, let's be clear in our goals, right? Let's actually go, this is what we're aiming towards, right? So health and fitness, we're, we're in this realm. Right? And we've talked about this before in terms of what are we actually looking for in this? And again, I'm thinking about this. This is a client who's come to me, they have vague goals. And maybe I'm doing a consultation call with them. And I'm like, what are you aiming towards? What are we looking towards? What are we trying to accomplish? They might have some vague goals, but we want to make some stuff really concrete. So we, we, we have that clear direction right? So we've done the background stuff, we've prioritized stuff and we're like, this is what's important. And, you know, we spent some time on that, but let's actually break it down. Let's actually go really clear, really granular with this stuff, right? So in this health and fitness realm, there's basically three things that you can focus on. Now, obviously, again, these branch off into a million different things, subsections, whatever, but there's basically three broad categories. We've got health, right? And we're going to do a further podcast in, in future on like what that actually means. But for now, let's just go health. We've got body composition, and we've got performance, right? And we'll just dig a little bit deeper into those, but those are basically the three areas that people have goals within. Now you might have a specific goal for health, you might have a specific goal for body composition, you might have a specific goal for performance, right? And those, you might have multiple goals within that even, right? And those goals might not actually be synergistic, some of them might be synergistic some of them might be oppositional for example you might be like i want to squat 200 kilos but i also want to be able to run a marathon right like we might be better off allocating some time towards one of those taking it off the box and then maintaining some of those fitness adaptations while we work on another right but the only way we're going to be able to do that is if we're clear on what is actually important to you like why are you aiming towards that what like what's the rationale and we'll come back to that in a second as well right so when we're talking about this stuff health Body composition, performance, right? Do you have goals for each of those things? Are they things that you're, you know, looking to achieve? Do you have clear objectives with this is what I mean when I say health? You know, people will come to us and say, "I want to be healthier. I want to feel healthier." But what does that actually mean for you, right? what What does that look like for you? And again, we'll break that down into a framework in a second and in a future episode, right? Body composition. What do we actually, what do we mean by that? Performance. What do we mean by that, right? And then what we need to do as well is you need to do a little bit of a self-assessment when we're setting these goals, right? And It's a little bit different for when we're setting goals with a client because they obviously have us to help guide them, you know, but if you're, we're assuming right now, you're doing this on your own here, you're, you're sitting down, you're kind of going through your own goals. You're trying to sit down and write this stuff out. Maybe it's on your phone, whatever. Like you have to do a little bit of a a self-assessment and go like, how do these goals relate to each other? right? How do they, do they work together, right? And Are you prioritizing one or the other? And maybe that doesn't fall in line with your overall prioritization scheme. Like you might be like, I'm really focusing on body composition, but it's actually at the detriment of your health or your mental health or whatever, right? And so you need to be aware of that stuff and actually you know, understand what's going on, right? And are you aware of the trade-offs? And that kind of goes on what we're saying here. Like if there's a trade-off to working on body composition, maybe your performance isn't going to be maximized. Are you okay with that for a section of time? Get to the body composition you want, and then focus on performance? Like, are you aware of that first of all? And then also, do you know how to map out a program in terms of this stuff? But it could be the same in you know your education or whatever. Do you know how to overcome those trade-offs or do you know how to you know, timeline this stuff out so that you can focus on one, one thing versus the other, right? And then there's other things that are kind of related to that as well. It's like, are you even in a position to work on certain goals at this time? You know, again, for example, you might be really motivated to work on your body composition because it's January and you're like, yeah, let's get after this. But maybe you're an accountant, right? And you're like, oh, I have a million fucking people coming to do their accounts in January, end of year accounts for the year before. And you know, it's a really busy time of year, you know, or, you know, whatever other career, like, you know, the health and fitness industry is a classic one. Like, obviously, we're human as well personal trainers, coaches, nutritionists, whatever, they'll also be kind of motivated to work on their health or their fitness or whatever it is at this time of year. Maybe that's not the best time for them to be working on this stuff because now all of a sudden they have an influx of more clients. They have an influx of you know people talking to them on social media. They have you know, more people interested in them. And as a result, their stress is higher. Their work commitments are higher. And it's like, maybe this isn't the right time to spend some time on this other goal. You need to focus on business at this time, you know? So we need to look at what are the trade-offs? How are you prioritizing the stuff? And as we said earlier on, sometimes you're gonna need to focus on one thing to lay the groundwork for another thing, again, maybe it's the first six months of the year, you need to focus on losing body fat in this context. And then the next six months, you're going to work on performance, you know, you're going to work on really improving your health, and you're really going to improve your performance. And you're going to let body composition roughly stay where it's at, right? That could be something that's often something that we do with clients, we really focus on health and body composition initially. And then we work on, you know, maintaining the body composition and we focus on health and performance longer term now, that's our bias that's generally how we work with stuff and that's obviously not with everyone but that's maybe that's how you have to work right so do you have anything to say on, on that gary so i just want to break down these kind of categories a little bit more um, just just kind of give a framework for people to be thinking about this when they're setting their goals because obviously again their goals are relevant in this context to health and fitness but do you have anything to say on that
0: no, I think we can move forward into the categories and then I have some more things I'd like to add in.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So, and again, we're going to go into a little bit more detail in a future episode on this in terms of like, what do we mean by health? Right. Mm-hmm. Cause there's multiple components to that. And again, I'm thinking about this from a framework of, or sorry, I should say a context of someone is coming to me and they're like, Oh, I need to, I, I want to train with you guys. You get great results. I've seen your tra- transformations, your testimonials, blah, blah, blah. And I'm talking to them and I'm going like, well, like, what are you actually aiming towards? What's the, what's the goals here? And they might have a hard time articulating that they might have a term time even if I could speak and they might have a hard time even conceptualizing what they mean by that it might just be a feeling it might just be a, a vague concept in their mind but that's very hard to coach that's very hard to aim towards even for the individual and it very often leads to disappointment because you're always grasping at something that's like a ghost it's like you know it's like the ether you're never actually able to hold it because the you haven't been very definitive in what you're actually trying to aim towards. Right. So what do we mean by health? There's a few components to this and obviously there's a huge degree of overlap. It's like, I know there's this uh, whole, like a uh, dissociative thinking in terms of like the, the mind is separate to the body and you know different organs. We think of them in isolation and whatever else, but ultimately like you're one entity. It's, it's all, it's all the same, you know, but when we're talking about health, generally what we're talking about is physical health, right? And again, we're going to uh, expand on this in a future episode. So don't take this as the, the be all and end all. Then we're also talking about mental health. Like again, you could be in tip top physical health. You could be in the best body composition, loads of muscle mass, you know, look fantastic. And also, you know, all your biomarkers are in a fantastic place, blood lipids, blah, blah, blah but your mental health is in a terrible position because you have no friends now, you know, you have no friends, family, all that kind of stuff. And um, you're a hermit, you just eat it at a Tupperware and you know, it, it, you're, you're not enjoying life. Right. And that could be the case. It could also just be the case that there is some sort of chemical imbalance within your brain that, you know, it's genetic, it's welcome, whatever. Right. But we want to get mental health in a good place as well. And that's very relevant, especially just stuff that we do in terms of coaching, because it's very easy to go down a path of disordered eating and, you know, we'll call them pathological behaviors. And when you try to engage in improving your health and body composition, body composition, especially, right. But anyway, mental health. And then what I've termed, and it's often termed as like psychosocial health, and obviously mental health falls within that kind of psychosocial health. But what I really mean by this is the kind of other determinants of health you know your your general lifestyle the area you live in the community that you engage in spirituality you know the the people you talk to all of those other things and again there is obviously that overlap with mental health but there's also a you know relatively clear dissociation between mental health and we'll call it psychosocial health as well you know now obviously again they're all integrated. You know, they, they, there's no actual separating of them. Um, but you're to say on, on that health stuff, Gary.
0: Yeah. Look, I think that we've, we've definitely discussed this quite a bit in the past, the importance mm-hmm. of considering some of those, I guess, softer elements of, of health and, and what might contribute to your health, because it is very easy to just say, right, I want to get healthier. So I'm going to eat better and I'm going to exercise. And yeah, that's about it. But in reality, there's many other contributors to our health that, we often kind of just push to the wayside because, to be fair, it's a lot easier, at least in theory, when you're planning it out to, you know, say I'm going to eat more vegetables, I'm going to, you know, eat leaner meats, I'm going to eat uh, plenty of fruit, etc., than it is to say, okay, I've got a number of relationships that are, you know, quite strained in my life. I'm not seeing, you know, friends very much. Those things are you know, beating me up a little bit mentally every now and then, making me feel a bit anxious, making me feel a bit down, a bit lonely. It's quite difficult to take those steps because it involves bringing other people into your goals. It involves you know, a specific time commitment that you have to go and meet people and there might be uncomfortable conversations, et cetera. But those things absolutely contribute to your health long term. So you should consider them as part of your goals um, because they're worthwhile for your sake, short term, in terms of, you know, making you feel better, if you've got better relationships, if you've got, you know, you're spending more time doing things that you enjoy that aren't necessarily productive, but also long term that you're, you know, nourishing your social support network for when you might need it, you know, because you never know when that might be. So it's both insurance for the future and um, allowing you to enjoy your life uh, in the present. So I think that those things should be you know dragged out of the abstract to some degree and made concrete in your goals just like
1: um a weight loss goal would be you know and it does very much come back to that initial prioritization it's again you might really prioritize your friendships your family whatever so if we're going to do something that directly goes against those perhaps in terms of like again what often happens in the the fitness world, when people are you know, searching for body composition improvements, they're like, I'm going to cut out all social events. I'm not going to go drinking with my friends. I'm not going to go to barbecues with my friends, parties, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, they're just really isolated. And they're not necessarily happier as a result of that, even though you might look at a blood panel and go, yeah, you lowered your LDL by fucking one, you know, it's fantastic, you know, but that individual is actually just really unhappy with their life as a result. So we need to look into that stuff. And again, we'll cover this stuff in, in a future episode, a little bit more in depth and lay have some frameworks with that, right? Now on body composition, what we're talking about here is muscle mass. Generally speaking, you know, we want to have uh, a higher level of muscle mass for for most people, at least. Um, And then also body fat. And for most people, we generally, especially in the Western world, we're generally talking about having a lower level of body fat. However, now that's not always the case. I've had clients before where we're actually looking to lose muscle mass. You know, we're actually really trying to uh, atrophy in certain areas, you know, you often see this as well in terms of, you know, maybe it's the cyclists are a great example. Like they do not want any upper body muscle mass at all. All they want to have is stuff that contributes to their performance. For example, Lance Armstrong used to just not carry in the groceries from the car, he used to get his wife to do it because he was like, I don't want anything that could potentially contribute to increases in upper body muscle mass. You know, now I'm not saying everyone goes to that degree, but I've often had clients that are like, I actually want to lose some muscle in a certain area. Now it's not always possible, but again, I just want to make it clear that we could have body composition goals that book the mean. It's the same with body fat. I've had clients before where our goal is actually to gain body fat. A lot of this, a lot of times to do with something like a amenorrhea, like we might be actually looking to gain a certain amount of body fat back so that we can, help towards the you know reestablishment of a normal menstrual cycle you know so oftentimes when we're talking about body composition people think of increases in muscle mass and decreases in body fat but that's not always the case and again when we're looking at this we would have specific goals for what that actually means because when we say increases in body mass or like body mass and muscle mass like what does that actually look like? Are we talking about you want to grow your legs? Are we talking about you want to grow your chest? You know, it's, it, we can be very specific with this as well as very general. Like I have a general muscle mass goal of your know, body composition goal of, I want to be roughly 92 kilos and shred it out of my mind, <laughs> you know? So for me, that's, I'm like, I don't really care how that necessarily looks. I would just be happy with more muscle mass overall So I get to that level, you know, whereas for someone else, they might be like, you know, I'm actually really happy with my legs. I don't want them to grow at all. They're perfect the way they are, but my arms really want to focus on them, you know? So we are, have a body composition goal that's related to muscle mass, but it's in a very specific area. So again, body composition goals, we can be broad and we can be very specific. And again, this is very relevant to how we effectively set goals, right? And do you want to say on body composition there, Gary? No, I think that's pretty clear. And then with performance, generally speaking, we're talking about physical performance in the health and fitness world. That's what people prioritize. They're like, I want to increase strength. I want to increase speed, power, skill acquisition, whatever it is. They're looking for some sort of performance, whether it's sporting, whether it's, you know, just in the gym, they want to be a bit stronger, you know, or fitter or whatever it is. You know, they're looking for some sort of metrics for performance that are related to physical output, we'll call it right. But there are obviously other components of performance as well. And that could be mental performance. And what I mean by this is both mental performance in terms of we'll call it cognitive ability and um, but also in terms of how you perform day to day. And there's a few aspects of that we can you know use a use work as a proxy for that. And you can be like, oh am I actually able to switch on for you know you're working for whatever eight hours per day. Am I actually able to switch on for those eight hours per day, right? And if you're not, we can manipulate some variables to try to get better mental performance that are both related to you know, training uh, things. Like for example, if you have a really hard work day and you're like, I'm really busy this day, and you normally train before work, I'm not going to get you to do fucking 10 uh, high-intensity sprints on an airdyne or uh, an echo bike. That would be the worst, you know? Like, you're literally going to be dealing with that fucking acidosis and trying to buffer that out, that fatigue, that central and peripheral fatigue, for the next fucking six hours. So you're going to feel like you're fucking throwing up every 20 minutes um, or just at least internally, you're going to feel like that. So we're not going to maximize mental performance that day as a result of the training session we did. So there's different things that we can do training wise to encourage and improve mental performance, right? But especially nutrition wise and lifestyle wise, there's different things that we can do to improve mental performance. And again, this is obviously really relevant if you have other goals that you want to prioritize, such as, Oh, I want to, you know, get better pay. You know, I want to get uh, better educated on a certain topic. Like one of the things, and Gary, you'll definitely be able to speak to this because I know yourself and I have both gone through this, but especially relevant for what you're doing now and also what you'll be doing in the future um, with medicine. Like, people look to doctors to really maximize their mental performance, but then ask them to do the exact opposite habits that would lead to better, better mental performance. they are like, oh, we're going to get you to sleep on a fucking rotation, no circadian rhythm whatsoever. You know, and that's, you know, you could be on call for fucking two days, you know, you could be up and down schedules and, you know, it's not stuff that you would do to maximize performance. And again, that's not even touching on the nutritional stuff where you're kind of like, oh yeah, I have 20 minutes here, if even to grab a fucking bite to eat while also catching up on the sleep that I didn't get last night, you know? And um, so what I view mental performance, generally what I'm looking at that is not just cognitive ability. I'm looking at it as the ability to live vigorously every day. You know, I don't want to just fucking coast through life. Like, oh, yeah, I am great, whatever, because there's two things for that. First of all, you know, you're probably not giving your most to the Other things that you have goals towards education, uh, family, whatever, but also just your day to day interaction with everyone is probably going to be negative as a result, if you're just not cognitively there if you're just not able to give to other people, because your stress resilience is probably very close to zero. So, if someone says something even just mildly annoying, you're gonna fuck off. You know, like you're not going to be your best self. And I've said this before. You know, especially in relation to nutrition, like, do you think you are at your best self when you're hungry? Most people would say no, right? Now you might be a little bit more. Uh, resilient to that. Like if you've practiced something like fasting, for example, and you don't have you know, fucking any degree of insulin resistance and whatever else, you know, if you're in a position where you're like, it doesn't really matter. I'm quote unquote fat adapted. Um, I'm in a position where I can just switch between substrates very easily, but generally speaking, people are not living their uh, or being their best, best self when, they're nutritionally inadequate or they're in a nutritionally inadequate environment, you know? So do you have anything to say on on performance there, Gary?
0: Yeah. You know, performance is obviously something that's, that's huge. And I think, again, what you need to do here is ask yourself, right, what are the performance domains that actually matter for my life? Because we all might say like, Oh, I want better cognitive performance, but you know, for what exactly? Um, Like for example, if you're a student or you're someone who works in a very cognitively, cognitively demanding job, then you can specify, you know, much more specifically. Like it might be at the moment, I can't read for longer than 20 minutes because I get distracted. Or at the moment when I'm studying, I find myself needing music and that compromises my memory and all these different things that are potentially getting in the way of your cognitive performance. So look for those holes, you know, look for those holes in your current practices and in your current abilities, because there are differences between, you know, attention or focus and then your memory and even more basic things like just committing the time to doing the cognitive tasks so you need to specify that a bit further yourself obviously the specifics of cognitive performance are beyond the scope of this podcast but
1: we'll probably do podcast uh, series on cognitive performance in future but for now yeah it's beyond the scope
0: yeah don't but just don't don't just leave it as like yeah i want to you know study more, or I want to, you know, get more out of my study. Like, what does that actually mean? What does it look like? And how are you going to achieve it? Okay. I know this is a bit of a repetitive theme. I'm constantly saying you need to specify what you really do if you want to get the most. Um, and this,
1: just just on that, like that's, we're going to set exactly, here's the framework in one second, we're going to go through the exact yeah. framework that you go through. But again, Gary's repeating things and I'm repeating things because that's the stuff you need to do. Yeah.
0: and then, And then the other thing, I suppose, just with reference to performance is like the importance of, of performing that needs analysis from a sporting perspective. So if you do play a sport in particular, like don't just leave it as I want to improve my performance on the pitch. You know, you want to be able to do a specific needs analysis of what your, the, what the components of fitness are that are relevant to that sport. And then what you, what's letting you down because I've had this conversation a number of times this week when planning with clients for the new year, where I want, I don't just want want them to tell me I want to get better at football or I want to get better at, I don't know, some sort of martial art or something. I want them to tell me what's actually stopping you from being that next level because what you do, if your deficit is speed and acceleration is different to what you would do if your deficit is, you know, strength or power on the pitch or, your repeated sprint ability or your endurance, et cetera. So you do need to break that down further if you want to be able to, to make that a specific goal.
1: So And again, often that can be very hard. And that's like, we do that as in our yeah. coaching practice, like, you know, we might get them to send on like heart rate data or, you know, you go, oh, we're going to do repeated sprints out here like you would do on the field or whatever, and we're looking at that heart rate data, for example, we might be like, all right, you do repeated sprints here, but your heart rate stays up at fucking 160 in between these sprints. So we're going, okay, we can use that. We can go, okay, well, we want to be able to have a much better heart rate recovery rate, and that's what we're going to focus on. Now, obviously, again, this is the coaching process. And it comes back to that kind of thing that we said earlier on, where it's like, you have to be aware of what your limitations are. And I'm going to repeat that in a second where you might not know how to work on certain things. Like you might be looking to achieve a specific goal and you might be like, that's the specific goal. And when we go through the framework in a second, in terms of breaking that down, like you might be like, I actually don't know how to achieve this. I I simply, I don't have the capacity or the skills right now to know what to do next like okay i have my specific goal i know exactly what i want to work on but i don't know how to work on it. and this is where you know you might have to further educate yourself you might have to again lay that groundwork or you might just have to outsource like what a lot of our clients do they're like i know i need to work on this thing i don't know how to work on it so i'm outsourcing to you guys so you can tell me how to work on it and then you can educate me so that i don't need you in the future that's a large part of our coaching process it's that education process where we get you to a stage where you simply don't need us anymore. You can just go, yeah, I know how to work on this, whatever it is, I'm done. We also do some like consulting and stuff with different coaches and whatever, um, where they might be like, I know how to get great results in terms of body composition, but I don't know how to get great results in terms of strength acquisition or whatever it is. And we're like, okay, well, these are the processes. And again, you might need to look out for mentors. You might need to look out for basically the process stuff. And we'll go through the framework in a second with that. Check. I think we can move on to the process. Fantastic. Right. So again, this is a little bit repetitive here, but it really does like, <laughs> the thing is I know the reason we're being repetitive is because we've done this a million times. And I know from talking to people and getting them to do it, I know the areas that people just skip. You know, it's like, oh yeah, that's just not important. I know that you put it on the list there, but oh, no, I didn't do that. You know, there's a reason all of this stuff is where it is. And it's there for a reason, right? So again, how not to fail in goal setting, how not to fail in actually achieving your goals, right? This is, this is the process, right? There are many others, you know, there's multiple things that you could add on to this, but this is the basic process. This is the, you know, we've done a lot of research in this in terms of you know how we can coach better. We've looked at different research papers. We've talked to different people. We've talked to different coaches in terms of coaches that get great results, talk about their failures, their, their pros, their cons, what worked for them, what didn't work for them. So we like to think that we have a fairly locked down system here, right? But the thing about it is it's actually not that complicated, right? So it's very basic. So first step first, we're going to spend some time and actually map out our goals. And again, it goes back to that process. We go, okay, here are all my goals. I've written them all down. You know, I have some sort of timeline, you know, and I always break it down for most of my clients, at least in terms of four categories. We go long-term, like what's the life goals? You know, what's the general trajectory of your life? Well, what are we aiming towards? Like, again, you ask me and Gary, we're like, okay, well, what do we want to have accomplished when I'm sitting on my deathbed? And I'm like, this is what I want to have done. And I generally, I get my clients to do it from both sides. I'm like, think about going forward. Think about like, this is the general trajectory of my life. These are the things I want to have done. And then I get them to do it backwards. So I'm like, you're on your deathbed, but what do you want to look back and say, yeah, I'm really happy. I did that. I'm really happy. I did that. Really happy. I did that. You know, I wish I had done that. Think of it from those two perspectives and you generally find you get better results. Cause again, you might be like, yeah, I can't wait to do this and blah, blah, blah. And you're thinking, well, if I was sitting on my deathbed, is that something that is actually relevant? Do I think I would care about that? It's actually a great tool as well. When you're thinking about like arguments you're having with people, you're like, Am I really going to care about this on my deathbed? Like, is there a reason I'm not talking to my brother or whatever? Is this something I care about in 10 years' time, 20 years' time? Because people do that. They literally are in a, an argument with a family member and it's 10 years' time and they're like, I don't even remember what the argument was about. You know, so we need to look at it from those two perspectives. But either way, the first things first, we're plotting out that timeline. We're looking at the long-term goals, right? And again, once you've written down all of your goals, you're going to be able to go, okay, well, these kind of fit in the same bucket. These are all career related. These are all education related. These are all skill acquisition related. These are all friends and family related. Or maybe it's family and friends and you know, whatever. You're going to have different buckets and you can kind of put them all together, you know? Um, and you can go, okay, now what I need to do is put out a timeline. What do I need to be working on to lay the foundations for other things? And again, again, it might be like against your actual priority list, which we'll get to in a second, but you're like, okay, this is what I need to work on. I need to have accomplished these things before I work on these things. Now, the thing about this is, and I always say to clients, I'm like, this is basically a a situation of the best laid plans of mice and men, right? Like you think, you're like, oh yeah, I'm gonna plan this stuff out. It's gonna be great. But ultimately, plans are gonna change. Life is gonna get in the way. You might be like, yeah, I'm gonna get this done in the next three years or five years or whatever. And, you know, you have a child when you're like, oh, that was actually year five of my plan or, you know, something happens, a family member dies or they're really sick and you have to look after them for six months or a year or whatever, like stuff gets in the way that you just cannot plan for right so you have a, a general trajectory that's what we're looking for here what's the what's the life goal what are we aiming towards we're looking at it from the looking to the future but then also as if we're on our deathbed looking back right and then we can break it down into more relevant goals right so i always call this uh, medium goals right and the reason i call them medium goals even though people think of it in terms of long term medium goals three to five year goals right and again you might be like that Jesus, that's not medium but ultimately if you're listening to this podcast You're probably looking to maximize your health. You're probably looking to live to 120 years old. So in the grand scheme of things, three to five years, it's really not that long, right? So there are medium term goals, right? And I try to encourage my clients to think of like health, body composition, performance in terms of that's a medium term, three to five years. You're not going to build 20 kilos of muscle in the next three to six months, right? But three to five years, maybe we can do it. You know, you got the good genetics for us, you know? So we need to look at that longer time horizon, right? So we've got medium term goals, three to five years. What do you want to have accomplished over that three to five years? And at the moment, we're just looking at our goals, right? We're just like three to five years. I want to have accomplished this. For example, Gary, you might be like, I want to have accomplished a purple belt in the next three to five years, and maybe even a brown. You'd be like, I'm really happy with a brown belt, but let's say purple, I'd be happy, right? You might be like, I want to have very fluent Russian, at least speaking it, three to five years. I want to be able to have a conversation, a random Russian person I meet on the street. They might be like, yeah, your accent's a bit fucked up, but they understand what you're talking about, right? So you might have these medium goals, right? And then we go, what are our short-term goals? What do I need to be working over the next one to three years to ensure that those medium-term goals actually get accomplished, right? So we're like, okay, this is what I'm actually, this is what I want to have achieved, at the end of this year, again, coming up to where it is the new year, you're like, this is what I want to have achieved at the end of this year. What do I want to have achieved over the next two years, three years? Like, what are we ultimately building towards, right? And then we break it down into very short-term goals. So what's the next six to 12 months looking like, you know? okay, we wanna have accomplished this or we wanna do these things in the next six to 12 months. Does that line up nicely with what we have going on in the future or what we're aiming to have going on in the future? No, it doesn't. Oh, okay, then we need to reprioritize. We need to actually reset our goals for the next you know, six to 12 months so that it actually lines up with our, our longer term goals, right? You might be like, okay, I've sat down, and I've got them all, I've lined it all up. That is the very first step, right? So do you have anything to add to that young Gary
0: um no i don't think i have too much to add to that to be honest i think that that is pretty clear i would agree with you that three to five years should be the kind of medium term that we're thinking about um because for most goals that you know people set out for the long term they do need to be broken down into chunks but those chunks are generally quite big and that includes something like muscle building where if you're saying to yourself well, i don't want to build 10 kilos of muscle." You know, unless you're a raw beginner, very unlikely that's happening in a year. So you do need to be breaking it down into those slightly larger chunks than you might think. Similarly, if it's learning a language or it's making very genuine progress in a martial art or sport, three to five years is generally an appropriate time. So um, I think that that's one of the most important points that people could take forward to view this year as sort of like your short term goals. Like anything shorter than that is just something that you're working on right now, okay? So it's a short-term goal if it's about a year, three to five years, then you're talking, okay, it's the extent of the medium term, and then longer term is, is, is five plus years. So I think that's a good way of breaking it down.
1: Fantastic, right. Now, the next thing that happens, right? You got all these vague goals that's all they are at this time they're literally just vague goals we need to actually be very specific with these right and we generally it's very like you literally if you go on any personal training search in the fucking world they're going to talk about smart goal setting right so that's an acronym s-m-a-r-t right now some of these the actual word that's used is changed around depending on where you learn it but it's basically all the same concept, right? So when we're looking at goals right now, all we have, vague goals. We've just written them down. I'm like, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. I want to do X, Y, Z, right? They're just goals. They're, They're vague. You might be like, okay, I have them roughly mapped to a timeline, but even still, they're vague. We need to be very specific with these. Now, you can argue that you could do this step before you map them to a timeline. I sometimes do that with clients, but oftentimes I will do it the way we've just described it and be like, let's just see what you think is possible. Let's actually just get an idea with this stuff where you think, you know, the next few years are going to look like for you, right? But then we go, okay, we have these main goals, we have these main buckets, and then we have these like subcategory goals, right? What we want to do with those goals, again, first of all, let's prioritize them, because you can have a million priorities. But if you have a million priorities and no structure to that, you're never going to get anything done, because you're going to be looking in a million directions, rather than in a, one to three direction, you know? So we need to know what is more important so you can prioritize your time, right? Because your time, ultimately, you can't get it back unless someone listening to this has some sort of time travel device. If so, I'm in, literally just get in touch. Um, But unless you have a time travel device, you are always going to be time poor. That's unfortunately, we don't have infinite resources with regard to time. Now, I might because there's a non-zero probability that this is the universe that I live to be a billion. So, possibility and um, so I might have a lot of time but for most people we're talking you have 80 years 80 years maybe 90 right to achieve all you want to achieve and that might seem like a large amount of amount of time but if you think about that literally I'm if you're listening to this on the Monday I am turning 30 on the 8th of January so the Saturday and that means that I'm 30 and if I'm only going to live to 90 that means I'm a third of my life through right? Which is kind of scary to think about, right? Now, me personally, I'm probably going to live to 120. So I'm actually only a quarter of my life through. But for most people, if you're 30, that's a third of your life, right? Now, it's a little bit hard to conceptualize that because, you know, for the first, let's say 15 years of your life, 16 years of your life, you know, it's kind of just, uh, you've had uh, the game, unless obviously, you know, you're in a really bad environment or whatever, but you've had the game on easy mode, you know, it basically like you've had that you know, if you ever play video games, it's like level one and it's just like, everything is easy. It's a tutorial. That's what you've been in for the first 16 years or so of your life, right? You've been in the tutorial mode. It's easy. You know, It's like, here, this is how you do this thing. This is how you navigate the, the, the life, right? So it's hard to kind of conceptualize the next 30 years because you don't have that easy level there as well. So it's a little bit different, but either way, Again, we've, you know, you have only got 90 years to accomplish everything. So we need to have that priority list. We need to be like, this is what I actually care about. And again, it goes back to plan into the future, plan into the past. You might be at this stage in your life where you're like, you know what? Actually, I don't want kids, right? Like say, for example, myself and Gary, if we had kids right now, it would actually be incredibly disruptive to our business, to our goals, everything, but I would be very happy <laughs> if I had kids. So I'd be willing to have that trade-off. You know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, need to make this work. need to change a few things around. But my priority list is like that family. You know, I'm like, that's what I care about the most. It might not align with my timeline that I thought things were going to happen well, I don't care, you know, because that's my number one priority. So you need to look at that priority list and go, what do I actually care about, right? And then we need to use that smart goal setting. So you've got your priorities, you've got your goals. We need to break those goals down into a few categories. And again, we'll go to this smart goal setting, right? Before I get on to that, Gary, do you have anything to say uh, in terms of prioritization? No, no, let's go with the uh, smart SMART, right? So what we're talking about with SMART, it's basically an acronym for, the S stands for specific, right? And again, you saw, you heard earlier on, Gary kept saying, we need to be specific. We need to be specific, right? And we'll, we'll come back to what that means in a second. The second thing we need from our goals is it needs to be measurable, right? So you might think you're being specific with a goal and you might say fat loss, right? What are we measuring what's the metric of success with fat loss right uh, weight loss is even an even better one right you're like oh, i just want to lose weight right is that actually a proxy for what you want or is that actually what you want right because and we say this uh, often where it's like you know a lot of people go in, come to us and they say oh i want to go for weight loss that's what i want i want weight loss right and they're purely looking at it from a scale perspective right and you know i've seen it before you get someone to lose 10 kilos 20 kilos And they're still not happy because they're like, okay, well, I lost the weight. I didn't actually accomplish the physique that I wanted. You know, I was prioritizing the weight on the scales, but that was really only a proxy for what I actually wanted, which was a certain physique, right? So we need to, first of all, have measurable goals. Now, weight loss goal is a measurable goal. You know, it's like, okay, well, what's the goal? Oh, I want to lose 10 kilos. That's measurable. But we have to be aware of, is that actually a specific enough goal in the first place, right? So those two things are very tied in together, having a specific goal that is measurable. And then sometimes you're not going to be able to measure what your actual goal is. Like again, health is one that often is very hard to, measure and this is why it can be very vague Again, we're, we're grasping at that ether and um, when we're talking about health but there are metrics we can use again sometimes they're proxy metrics and sometimes they don't capture everything but if you're saying i want to improve my health you know we can be like okay well I'm, we're going to do this in a, in a few episodes time we can be like these are the things that generally kill people so if we're going to improve your health we're going to be resilient to these things we're going to try to not get you to die from these things So we have proxy measures for those things, you know, for example, you might be like, I don't want to die, I want to be healthy, and heart disease kills a lot of people. So we might be like, okay, well, I don't actually have a measure of heart disease, you know, (laughs) there's no measure for that. But there are other measures that we're like, these are in the, the, we'll call it the causal pathway or the overall pathway that leads you to heart disease in the short and long-term. So we might use, okay, you want to be healthy? Let's get a blood panel. Let's look at, you know, blood lipids, for example. You know, I'd be like, okay, my LDL is a little bit elevated. I'm going to get that to a healthier place. Boom. Now we know we've got a measurable metric towards improving your health. Again, specific and measure, right? The next thing, and this is a really hard thing where you don't know what you don't know. And unfortunately that leads you to making poor decisions, right? The next thing in that SMART acronym is achievable right? You actually have to set achievable goals. And again, coming back to this health and fitness world, very often we'll have clients come to us and you see it all the time. In just the general fitness world, people will say stuff like, Oh, I want to gain 10 kilos of muscle this year. You know, I want to look like Phil Heath, you know, and you're looking at the guy and he's five foot two and you know it's just it's just never going to (laughs) happen you know and so our goals have to be achievable right and that's both achievable in terms of the end result right what's the actual end result but then also achievable in the time that you're allocating towards them right like you might have the ability to look like the next Bill heath you know you might be like actually you have fantastic genetics for this right but you're not going to accomplish it in the next five years. It's going to take you 10 years, right? So we're looking at that achievable thing. We're looking at it not only in terms of the end result, but also in terms of the time that you have allocated for this thing, right? Relevant, right? The goal actually has to be relevant, Like again, you could be like, yeah, I want to use my. I've prioritized my life. I've prioritized all these different things, and I've done this all this stuff. And then you have this random goal, and it's like, this is not relevant to anything that you're working on. This is not relevant to your life, you know. And we might have a specific goal in terms of, I don't know. You might be like, oh, I want to gain muscle, right? And I want to do X, Y, Z. And we might have determined that you know certain exercises just don't work for you. You know, you might be like, oh, the squat—it's just not a great exercise. It just contributes way too much uh, fatigue to your system, and it's not really giving us the return on investment in terms of muscle building, which is your main goal here, right? But you might have a, a goal just because you've been influenced by the fitness industry to say, oh, you must squat, right? So you have squat goals. You're like, these are the specific goals I want to do for a squat. It's measurable. I want to do 200 kilos. It's achievable. You know, my previous best squat was 160, and i don't even train in for eight months. So, you know, 200 kilos, maybe that is achievable for me in the next two years, whatever. But it might not be relevant to your actual goal. Right, So it has to be relevant. Now, we can still focus on that. right? But the reason we bring in relevant is because we have to acknowledge now that there is a trade-off occurring. right? You might be like, okay, I really want to get this SWAT goal. But as a result of really chasing that, we have to go, now you are uh, encountering far more systemic fatigue that might actually take away from our ability to focus on your main goal, which is muscle building. And while we obviously will get some muscle building from the squat, I'm not saying it's a a bad muscle builder at all. It might not be uh, the optimal way for you to build muscle in terms of what you actually want to achieve. Right? So again, that relevant aspect, it's very hard, just like achievable. It's very hard to know what you don't know ahead of time. Right? And again, this is oftentimes when we're going through the stuff with clients, This is the stuff we have to discuss, right? And then the final thing, and it really ties in back with when we're creating that timeline, there has to be some sort of time bounding for this goal, right? If you have a vague goal, I want to lose 10 kilos, like that's cool, right? Great, we've got specifics. We were like, we want to lose 10 kilos. You know, you want to look like this, blah, blah, blah. We've got it all mapped out. But if that's just an open-ended goal, Like there's no reason for you to prioritize, it, right? This is why you see people diet for, you know, two years straight, you know, and they're up and down and they're up and down. It's like, yeah, it's because you didn't go right. The next eight weeks, I just want to have accomplished this, you know, it's done. After those eight weeks, I'm focusing on something else. You know, we need to have some sort of time bounding. Now, again, this is hard because the goal needs to be achievable. And most people are just really bad at setting achievable goals. So you might have a weight loss goal and you might say, yeah, I want to lose, you know, Ten kilos in the next four weeks, and for most people, that's just going to be reckless uh, and uh, not achievable. So while you might have you know ticked through all of these things, technically you didn't go through them right because achievable it wasn't you know achievable when we put the time boundary on it. Right, like losing ten kilos that might be achievable. Losing ten kilos in four weeks, it's possible. You know, but it's probably not the best way to go about this stuff, you know, unless your goal is to be like, right, I'm a fucking, I don't know, a fighter or something, and I've got a fight last minute. I need to lose these 10 kilos. I shouldn't have got this far out of shape, but, you know, this is a big deal for me. It's, you know, something that's going to improve my fighting prospects, my career. We might be like, okay, we've got a trade off here. You know, it's time bound. We have four weeks. You know, we need to lose these 10 kilos. Here's the methods we're going to employ. It's not optimal, but, you know, it is what it is, right? So we have to look at that stuff. You know, in that circumstance, almost always that person will just gain those 10 kilos back in fucking two weeks because you know it's been so aggressive. It's been so, while you can you know, plan it out nicely and effectively, it's generally not something that people sustain. It generally leads to overeating at the back end of that, right? Um, so that's what we need to do. Smart goal setting. So before we move on to the next section, which is just a further refinement of that, do um, you have anything to say about smart goal-setting, Gary? Well, I have a, a, a
0: refining point relevant to, to time, which maybe in the next section or now. So, now. Yeah, so one of the things to do with time is to try to break it down into different deliverables, if you can. Because this is what you'll do if you're doing something like a, a PhD thesis, for example. If you're doing it, your PhD It takes many, many years of research and different papers and different components to create your thesis. And similarly, some of your goals might look like that. They might be, you know, really large goals, such as losing 30 kilos or something, you know. And while you might have an end date on that, it's very easy to just have an end date and keep pushing things back, you know. That's very easy to do. You see that all the time when people do college work, for example. They do it right before the deadline. Which works fine for small tasks, but for large tasks, that simply won't work. So, what you need to do is break it down into different deliverables. So, for example, it might be that you want to gain 10 kilos of muscle in three years, let's say. But that's not the goal. That's not, you can't just leave it at that. You have to refine those into separate um, time points and thus deliverables. So, it might be that I want to gain uh, three kilos within the next six months prior to starting a cut for a couple of months, something like that. So you take whatever goal it is that you have, you break it down into smaller chunks so that when you're thinking ahead to the achievement of that goal, it doesn't seem too far away because that's something that also reinforces your um, motivation is if it seems like it's so distance in the future, it mightn't actually keep you going in the moment. Whereas if it's something that's in a month's time or two months time that you know that you'll get that kind of sense of reward once you've achieved that goal, then that's going to be you know, much more enticing. And it's self-reinforcing then, because once you reach those small chunks, those small deliverables along the way, then you're experiencing that positive emotion, that reward throughout that period of time, rather than all being kind of put to the back end. Um, so that's something that I think is really important
1: when it comes to time. Yeah, like you really do need to have those milestones, you know, that's what we'll yeah. call them, milestones along the way. Like, again, you might have a larger goal, but we need to have some sort of way of tracking that over time. You know, how do we know we're in alignment with that? Again, you might be like, again, I need to lose 20, 30 kilos. Like, it's not like if you're like, oh, I'm going to do that in six months. You know, you could be losing half a kilo Here and there, every two weeks. And then you're going to do this mad rush at the end to achieve that? No, we need to know that we're on track with what we're trying to do. So you go, okay, the six month goal is X. How do we break that X down into mini goals every week, every month, every however long it's going to take? You know? And so that's really important in terms of making it, making that timeline. And this is why we go into these like very short term goals, short term, medium term. It's basically just refining and breaking down your goal further, right? So, You've done your smart goal setting. You've, you you think you're you're kind of ready. You're like, I'm, you know, I'm 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 ready to go with this stuff, right? You're not, right? There's a few things that we need to actually put into place. So, okay, we've got specific goals. This that's all we've accomplished right now. We have a vague timeline, we have, you know, somewhat of a priority list, right? And you've maybe gone, okay, these are my top five goals that I'm working on right now. So we have somewhat of a priority, priority list, and they might be, you know, we have four buckets. You're like, this is my. Education, this is my career, this is social, family, friends, whatever. And this is my health and fitness stuff, right? I always encourage my clients, I'm like, look, three to five goals. That's all we can focus on, right? So don't be setting a million different goals. Be like, I have all of these different goals. Yeah, okay, you might have all of these different goals. We can only focus on the top three to five, right? So we need to have specific goals, but we need to prioritize them then as well. I'll come back to that in a second, right? So we've got specific goals. So What we do then is we break those goals down. And this is kind of what Gary was alluding to. We break those goals down into process goals, right? Because uh, you have a specific goal. Do you know what you actually have to do to achieve that goal, right? Again, using Gary as an example here, you might go, oh, I want to learn Russian, right? Cool, specific. You might be like, this is the level of Russian I want to achieve. This is how I'm going to measure it. Oh, is it achievable? Yeah, Gary seems to be good at learning languages, especially when he commits to it cool. It's achievable for you, right? Is it relevant? Yeah, we could say it's not really relevant for other aspects of your life, but it's relevant for you because, you know, you enjoy the culture and also you occasionally go to Belarus and they speak a form of Russian, there, right? And um, you now time bound, it might not fit in with your timeline that because it's not high up on your priority list. You might be like, you know, I have a bit more of a malleable timeline with this, right? But what does the actual process goals for that actually look like? You know, what's the day-to-day? Is it something like, oh, okay, the habit that I'm going to engage in to, you know, improve this is I'm going to go on Duolingo or other whatever uh, apps there are available. I'm going to go on that for 15 minutes a day, you know, and then I'm going to get a Russian language learning Book and I'm going to do the lessons in that, you know, I'm going to do that for 30 minutes. I'm going to do that every single day, or I'm going to do that three times a week or whatever. Like what are the actual process goals that you have to engage in? What are the habits you have to do daily, weekly, monthly, so that that goal actually gets accomplished, right? So do you have anything to say on those process goals? Cause I know you, this is also something you do with your clients.
0: Yeah. And, and I, I think the, the language is a good example because like you can, like my outcome goal could be I want to be able to hold a conversation in Russian or um, I, one of the things I said to my Russian teacher at the beginning, I was like, um, I'd like to be able to read some books by Russian authors that I like. I'd like to be able to read one in Russian, which is a fairly advanced goal because, you know, often those texts are hard enough in English. So that was one of my goals. But like, that's so out there. That's like a decade, you know, to be able to really achieve that. Um so, so what you need, what I would do then is break it down into a very small component parts. So, for example, the first step for me, right, I need to know the alphabet. You know, Cyrillic is is difficult to read. Okay, it's it's completely different. So that's like a, a really important step. Then it's maybe learning um, basic words. Okay, so standard vocab that that appears very regularly. Then being able to use different verbs, understanding um, cases, understanding grammar all these different things that vary from English. And that would be very similar to, if you were to you know, pursue a fat loss goal, like let's say you're saying, I wanna lose 20 kilos. What you need to do is break it down into all of its component parts, such as, all right, your activity. How do we subdivide that? We have formal exercise, and then we have um, your daily activities, such as your steps. So one of the process goals might be walk 10,000 steps per day. That might be one of the process goals that contributes to that 20 kilos, down the line. Similarly with nutrition, it might be, okay, I need to make sure that not only am I going to have my three meals per day that I've prepared myself, but also I'm going to ensure that I've got the shopping done every Sunday. Here's my shopping list. Once I've completed that, that's going to be easier for me to prepare my meals. That's going to be easier for me to stick to my calories. That's going to be easier for me to maintain a calorie deficit. So you've got all these different steps along the way to achieving that goal. And the level of specificity there is actually—it's not necessary for everyone to have the same level of specificity. And this is something I say to my clients because, for me, for example, if I say I want to lose ten kilos, okay, I, I just need to, you know, eat a bit less, and like I, everything just falls into place. You know, I don't need to stress too much about all the different component parts. Whereas if you're early on and you don't know much about nutrition, you don't know where to get protein, you don't know where to get fiber, etc. If you're going to hit those specific nutrition targets, you actually need to be a lot more um, involved in the process of doing that because you might know if you have protein sources in the house, you might know where you can get 15, 20, 25 grams of protein. So the process goals that you might have in place might be a lot more basic, but they also might be more in number than for someone like me, who's maybe a bit more advanced along that path. So they're the types of things that you need to be thinking about. And it does need to be individual. It does, does need to be broken down into the things that you know are potential downfall points or
1: potential things that, you know, you've slipped
0: up on in the past. So that, that would be my advice there.
1: Yeah, like I always, and I, it's a crude analogy, but I always use this um, when I'm discussing this stuff with clients. I'm like, look, the first time you try this stuff, you're not going to be good at it, right? It's like sex, right? The first time you have sex, it's not like you're going to be like, oh, this is earth shattering. This is fantastic, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be the case for, for most people. It was the case for us, Gary, because, you know, fucking savages. Well,
0: I, I don't know. I'll, I'll find out whenever I take the step.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah sorry. Uh, but you know what I mean, right? So it's the first time. You're just not going to be good at this, right? So why do you expect to be perfect at this out the gate? You shouldn't, right? So if this is the first diet you've ever done, if it's the first time you've ever tried to take control of your health, you're probably going to be fucking shit at it. You're probably going to make mistakes. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be clunky. But hopefully, you know, a few times later, you know, if you ever, Gary, um, if you ever get to, you're going to be like, oh, I'm a little bit better at this, right? And obviously the more you ingratiate yourself in this stuff and you actually you know, dig into this stuff, the better you're going to get at it hopefully, at least. Um, so it's the same with dieting. It's the same with training. It's like the, the longer you are doing this, the more you are doing this stuff, you want to be getting better at this, you know? Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, you could have uh, your first time and it'd be terrible, right? But you do nothing. You do no work. You don't like uh, see, oh, what went wrong there? Can I do better? Like that doesn't mean intent, like the tense time or whatever. It's naturally going to be better just because you've done it more often, you know? You have to actually, I was gonna say research this stuff, not like you know, what are the best expositions here? <laughs> you know, uh, but you actually have to analyze that stuff, right? And in terms of the diet, anyway. If you're like, okay, well, what went well, what went wrong, okay. I want to get better as a result of that, you know. I want to you know learn from my past mistakes so that you can refine the process, right? So Process goals make sense to have, right? Now, what I often do with my clients at this stage is because it really does help with that prioritization and really making sure that we are aligned with what we're trying to do. You can do this at a different stage. You can do it really before you even set the specifics. And that also makes sense. But I like to do it at this stage where I'm like, why do you actually want to achieve this goal? Right? Like, what does it actually contribute to your life? What does it actually contribute to your overarching trajectory of your life? Because you have planned that stuff out. And um, And how is it relevant? You know, like, like why, why, what's the why here, right? Because if you know your why, it's far easier to actually stick to your goal rather than like, oh, it's a vague goal. Okay, we've been specific. We've really outlined a lot of stuff, but you, you know, the why behind it, it just wasn't really there, you know? Like, this is really relevant because, you know, if you have someone coming to you saying like, I want to get stronger because, you know, my partner is sick and I have to be the one that helps carry them in and out of the the toilet or you know lift them up into the bed you know it's like that's a why that's gonna fucking keep you going to the gym make sure you're on point with this stuff you know so that why is way more powerful than like oh why do you want to go to the gym Ah, oh, you know other people go to it. it seems something to do you know like any kind of interruption, any kind of barrier to getting to the gym, if you have this vague why, it's not really, you know, there's no actual grand scheme why for this, you know, you're going to be interrupted in this because it's not relevant. It's not, it's not it, there's no deeper meaning to this. There's no deeper reasoning, uh, rationale, whatever words you want to use for why you are doing this activity, why you are working towards this overall goal, right? Now, again, you can prior do the priority list, and you can do it at that stage. You know, you can really dive into the why behind this. But I often like to do it at this stage where we've already set the goals, because then it really makes people think if this is actually a goal that they care about. Because you know, you can do your priority list, and it's a little bit more meta, it's a little bit more above. But then when you get into the specifics, and you're like, why do I care about this? And you're like, you know what? I actually don't care about this. You know, or I care about it a little bit, but I thought it was number one priority, but it actually falls down to like 20 on the list when I really do my priority list, right? So do you want me to say on the, on the why, Gary?
0: Yeah, no, I think the why is a, is a great question to ask because, you know, like sometimes people kind of just fall into the habit of doing things over and over again, just by inertia, really. One of the classic ones that I see very frequently is people in Ireland who, you know, play GA, for example. They'll play GA from when they're kids, um, and their parents might be very involved with the local club and everything. And that's actually fantastic. I think it's great to keep you know family tradition going and all that. But what happens is they get to you know 25, 26. They're still playing with the local club. They're not actually you know
1: even what often happens is it's not even local anymore. They're traveling to it.
0: Yeah. And they're not enthusiastic about it anymore. So they're not bringing a great attitude. They're not training specifically for it, really. It's taken away from time that they'd rather give to more things that are more meaningful to them. And they're just kind of doing it, you know. And they might say that, oh, yeah, we want to win club championship or whatever. You know, we want to win our local league. But do you really like is that something that actually matters to you? You know, why do you want to achieve that? And it's just one of these cases of just inertia where you've been doing it for so long that you're continuing to do it. But it's making you miserable every week when you're thinking of going to training it's not something that occupies your thoughts when you're not there
1: you know I don't a, some cost fallacy you're like, exactly. oh, I've, already, I've already put a lot of time into this i already have all this stuff built up there's actually it's harder to kind of stop it because you're like well what i did i just waste the last 10 years
0: yeah exactly and um that's just something that you need to question yourself because maybe it actually is worth it maybe maybe your parents love you playing so much and your friends actually on the club mean a lot to you. That actually might be worth, you know, the little bit of, of suck of showing up to training maybe, but for a lot of people, I don't think it is. And I think they're just kind of scared to stop. And GA is just the example we chose. There's many other examples of things that people do along those lines that they don't really enjoy and that they didn't enjoy more if they were to allocate that same
1: time to something else. So on, top on that it also happens in the opposite direction where someone might really like i've just had so many clients like that where you know maybe they got into the gym because of god they're like i want to improve this they spend some time you know really getting into the gym then they kind of quit GA for a few years but they actually realise they're like you know what i actually care about yes. the sport more I, that's what i actually care about you know the last two three years when i was focusing on gym work is yeah, it was fun and everything but it, i really missed a camaraderie i really missed a like you know the game environment, the social environment, I really miss that kind of stuff. Like I have like at the moment, like three or four clients that are like, especially after 2020, really made them think and 2021 as well. Obviously, you know, coming to the end of that year or that year just passed, and with lockdowns and stuff, it really made them reevaluate their goals. And they're like, you know what? I actually want to get back to that. I want to get back to whatever sport it is. You know, they're like, that was actually something that I really wish I could have done more of, you know, and especially they're in their 20s or whatever they have the ability to do it they have the time to do it you know they're they're still in their in their peak so to speak you know so it happens both ways
0: 100% it absolutely does and, and that's an important point because sometimes people might get into something new and they think that that's now their primary goal when in reality what they're actually experiencing is just the short term high of starting something new and progressing really quickly at it you know because when you're a beginner at something especially if it's like a club environment everyone's easy on you. Everyone wants you to stay. So everyone's really encouraging and you get the easy way out of everything and you're improving really quickly as a result. And you get compliments really easy. You know, oh, you're so good at this. But the caveat is that for someone who just started and then you're a year in and suddenly you're kind of middle of the pack. Maybe you're still not catching up with everyone. You're not great at it really. You're being treated like everyone else. That's when, it, that's when you find out whether or not you really like something um so don't just you know listen to what we said about you know uh, giving something up if it's making your life miserable and deciding actually yeah, do you know what my job is shit uh, my relationship is shit the gym is shit I hate it all because <laughs> in reality you're probably getting slow reward from that you that you don't realize it is making your life better um so don't just jump at something because it gives you a short-term reward either but yeah um I think that 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 covers the the why just, really.
1: just on that as well like for example, I'll use my jujitsu. Like for me, like I really, I'm like, I enjoy jujitsu, but I'm also at a stage where I'm like, I know what the time commitment is. I know what the, the input commitment is where I'm like, if I was to actually be like a legit, you know, black belt where it's like, you know, fucking you're in there competing highest level. I'm like, I'm just not willing to put in that time commitment. I'm just not willing to be on the mats fucking eight hours per day. I'm just not willing to be like, oh, I'm going to watch videos. I'm going to watch different fucking things about this. You know, I'm like, I enjoy it for what I enjoy. It. But if someone's in there and I'm like, yeah, you're really going after it, or you have these specific skill sets that like, or, you know, attributes that allow you to be better at this. I don't get fucking frustrated. I don't get annoyed. It's not like, oh you know well, if i trained harder i'd fucking do this i'm like okay cool like your priorities you've prioritized this higher your why behind this is higher than mine my why behind this is i just enjoy you know having some sort of um we'll call it physical like fighting practice in my life you know it could be fucking sambo you know if i moved to fucking country and it was in russia i'd like oh, i guess i'm not tied to brazilian jiu-jitsu there is some, some sambo clubs in london though um and I'm like, you know, like, it could be that. It could be back to boxing. It could be fucking, I don't know, Muay Thai. It could be fucking anything. And I'm like, I just, I know that I enjoy that. And yeah, I'm willing to commit the next fucking 10 years of my life to trying to get a black belt. Um, but I'm also well aware of the trade-offs for me because I'm like, I understand my why. I understand why I am doing this and how it fits into my overall priority list of all the other stuff, you know, which nicely segues into final thing here well it's not the final thing there's one more thing after this and and we've touched on this before but again as we said repeatedly the reason we're repeating this stuff the reason we're going over and over and over it is because people just skip these steps people go oh i've done this i've done you know half of what they said that's good enough right it's not good enough so what we really need to do is have our priority list right you've done all the stuff you've got your why behind it just make sure that that does actually align back With your priority list make sure it does actually go okay i've done my smart goal setting i've gone through you know the actual specific goal i've gone through some process goals i've you know really assessed my why behind this now go back and go okay does this fit in with my priority list how do i prioritize this versus all the other stuff how does this look into my overall priority list in a day-to-day basis how much time mental energy whatever am i allocating towards this versus the other stuff that you know maybe i don't care about or i do care about Where's the, where's the time sink here? What, like how much, what's the investment, right? You need to have that priority list. You need to have your goals prioritized because again, if you don't have a priority list, you don't know how to allocate your time. You know, you're just, you're, you're pissing in the wind here and hoping you hit the bullseye. Right. So we need to have that priority list, right? What actually matters to you? Why does it matter to you? Like, again, very simple step, but people very often forget it. They just go, well, that's fine. You know, I, I, I know I want to do this thing okay we all know you want to do this thing but how does it fit in relative to the other things you want to do because again we're talking here 90 years that's all you have some things you can't even do it in the last couple of years of your life you know you're not going to go oh yeah i'm a 90 year old and i'm going to pick up marathon running you know some people do you know but it's probably not the time to be picking it up right um so we need to have that clear priority list we need to have clear rationales for why we are prioritizing something over another thing and you know why it all matters to you. You need to have that mapped out, right? So you need to have the why, you need to have the priority list, and then you actually have to go, okay, am I actually being true with what I care about in terms of how you're actually currently living your life, you know? And again, you often see this where someone goes, I want to achieve X, Y, Z, and then you look at how they're spending their life and they're like, I want to have these education goals. And they're spending two hours per night watching Netflix, you know, just fucking random comedies. And you're like, okay, yeah, we all need to wind down at the end of the day. You know, that's, that's fine. Not saying take it away from you, right? But why are you doing two hours of it, you know? Um, well, can we do an hour of this and do an hour of study towards your, your goal? know, okay, cool. At least we've got some sort of momentum towards your goal, now. you know? I'm, I'm never one to say like, you know, it's a completely cut out all like a happy habits, we'll call them but you know, we need to make sure that what we're doing aligns with our priorities, right? And then the final thing. So we've got our priority list. The final thing with all of this stuff. Well, there, there's kind of two more things, but we've already covered one. Right now, you've done all of that stuff. You're, you're, you're like, okay, how, What fucking? what more is there to do, right? The final thing you need to do is troubleshoot potential barriers right? Like what can potentially derail you from this, right? And how does that align with your priority list, right? So like I said earlier on, like we obviously have business goals, we have like education goals, we have all these different things, but I know my priority list. So I know, again, like if I just quote unquote accidentally had a kid, right, you know, and I'm like, okay, I know how this fits in with my goals. I know how I would now prioritize or allocate my time, right? So if that was a potential barrier, I already have the solution. But even below that, in terms of like the actual day-to-day barriers, like you have to ask yourself, first of all, do you know what's required to achieve your goal? Right. This often gets answered when you're going through the process goals. But again, make sure that you actually know what you're doing in terms of am I aiming towards my goal? And am I, am I actually doing the things that are required? Like, am I doing something completely different? Like, say you have a health goal and you're like, oh, well, I read something online that said I should do this, and you're like, you have no like no one else does that like that wants to be healthy. So why are you doing it versus everyone else? You know. So we need to have uh, like a little bit of a sit down and go. Do you have the required skills to know what to do? To, you know, no, know what to do, right? And um, and oftentimes, you know, you don't, right? So this is why people come and get coaching from us, do consultations with us. And um, but even you know, forget about our business that we run. Like you might have to go to a trusted individual, uh, find the information that you can, you know actually trust that is you know, scientifically validated, ideally, um, because ignorance is bliss, but knowledge is power. So we want to be powerful, right? So yeah, okay, we want to be happy as well. But ultimately, we want to be powerful, right? And um, so you need to find out that information. So that's the first, that's the most common barrier, you just don't know what to do to achieve your goal, right? Whatever the goal is, you know, this is especially relevant in the modern world, where a lot of the old like careers and stuff, you know, where they had this like nice little career path, you know, you got this degree, you after two years, you were this. And then after five years, you were this. And it was like nice little career path mapped out for you, right? This is not the case for most people in the modern world, right? So you have to actually map out your own career path oftentimes, you know, you actually have to map out what you're aiming towards. Right. But you actually have to be like, okay, do I even know how to get to that position that I ultimately want to get to? You know, like for example, a lot of people I've talked to, they'll be like, I'm actually kind of happy in my job. I like my job, but it just doesn't pay enough. Right. So then you have to find out solutions to that problem. And I oftentimes, again, you there's an information deficit here you know you need to have some sort of information to allow you to get paid more for what you currently do you know or maybe you have a side hustle that you set up that pays you some sort of revenue so that again you have the ability to stay in your job that you like and but also get the money that you need so again that's a, a much larger discussion but oftentimes again it's an information deficit do you have anything to say on the information deficit aspect of like troubleshooting problems
0: no, I think it kind of goes back to the, the time element, really. It's very much related. And that is, you know, knowing what the steps are for you to be able to get to the end goal. You know, what are the intermediate steps? Like an example would be if, um, if you're studying medicine, let's say if you give my own example, if I said tomorrow right, I want to be a cardiologist. Okay, what does that mean? Okay, that means that you have to do an intern post and then you do two years as an SHO in general internal medicine and then you have to do your higher specialist training plus or minus fellowship or subspecialty training. So it gives gives quite a lot of clarity on all of those intermediate steps that might be required and then I'm no longer at an information deficit because I understand those steps. I understand what I need to do next and then next and then next and I know what I'm preparing myself for. You know, similarly, it might be that um, if you're trying to you know, lose body fat, the classic example, uh, you need to understand the basics of you know, how calories work and the role that exercise might play in that and the role that you know, different food choices might contribute to satiety and, and, and things like that. So if you have more information available, then it's much easier to be able to go forward and make the right steps without deviating too much from the path, because that's the goal, really, if you're trying to be time efficient you want to spend as little time deviating from the correct or best path as possible. And many people get to their weight loss goals, but while deviating a lot along the way, you know, well, they do a month of a low carb diet and a month of a vegan diet, and a month of keto, et cetera. Um, but if you can get that information deficit to a minimum from the beginning, that process will be a lot more efficient.
1: Fantastic. And a relevant thing to that is like, are the people around you on board? Right this is often again troubleshooting like you might say oh this is what i have to do you have to commit to the next whatever year of college and then fucking 8 years afterwards to get to be a head cardiologist specialist whatever right but are your friends and family on board with that you know is that something that is going to be an issue for you you know how do you overcome that right that's obviously relevant for your life but also it's relevant for people that are just losing fat you know it's like okay you might want to lose fat but no one else in your family does so you're you know this is often happens to the, whoever cooks the, the food in the, the household like generally it's it's the woman in my house my dad always cooked the food so i never understood when people were like oh the mother always cooked the food man my mom is a terrible cook absolutely awful. <laughs> um, <laughs> so my dad always cooked the food um so anyway um So, you know, maybe you're the head cook and you're the person that's, you are in charge of cooking for the family, but they all don't care about fat loss. They're not not on board with your fat loss goals. So they're not there to support you. So now what are you going to do? Are you going to cook separate food for them versus you? What's the story here? We need to troubleshoot. We need to come up with these potential barriers and then we need to come up with solutions before they even become issues, right? And, you know, this is kind of relevant as well, is that, you know, what has worked for you before and what hasn't? If you do a little bit of a troubleshooting analysis on that, you might find out like, okay, well, this worked for me, this didn't. Why did that work? Oh, it was because, you know, my friends and family were able to get on board with that. Or, you know, there was different things, different things set up in my life that allowed me to do this. So a little bit of troubleshooting, find out what your social situation, your environmental situation is like, what has worked for you before, what hasn't worked for you, it really does help to do that stuff uh, initially. And and then also, I mean, this is really relevant for the the timeline stuff, which is kind of what we're going to finish on in a second. Um, Are there events, situations, you know, that are going to come up that you know are going to be a potential barrier because I couldn't tell you the amount of people that say, Oh, I'm going to start coaching, but I, I don't have a perfect timeline until, you know, this block of time, then I have a perfect 12 weeks. And, it sounds like marketing or sales or a sales tactic or whatever. But I'm like, I actually don't care if you're able to do all of this stuff when you have this perfect timeline of 12 weeks, which honestly never, no one ever does, right? So I don't care if you're able to do this while it's all perfect. I want to know that you're able to do all the stuff that we teach you when life is fucking hectic, right? Because that's when you're going to fall off track. You know, you're not going to fall off track when you have this perfect 12 weeks. You know, it's like, oh, I can literally live like a hermit. Fantastic. Cool. You probably get great results during that time period. You know, maybe that's a time period where we hammer a little bit harder, but what I really care about is, do you know how to keep up these habits? Do you know how to uh, train nutrition, lifestyle, all the stuff that goes into this? Do you know how to do that when life is really, really hectic, right? So I'm not saying that necessarily you need to sign up when life is at its most hectic, but what I'm saying is you need to look at what are the potential barriers different events, different situations that are going to come up, and you need to have solutions to those barriers. You need to know what to do in those cases, right? Um, And also, this again is relevant for, are there times of year that are better for you to work on certain things? Again, it's January now, for some people, that's their busy time of year in their work, right? Are you going to have the time commitment? Are you going to have the ability to work on something now uh, versus another time of year, you know? Maybe not. Maybe you don't have the capacity right now, so you push it off until February. You work on other things. You know, this is also relevant. You know, uh, especially if you live down in the country, for example. Like you might have to increase your steps. You know, you might be like, "Oh, I need to increase my steps to just get more general activity." Right? But if it gets fucking dark at four o'clock, you know, I and mean? all you've got around you is country roads, how are you going to do that? Right? So we need to have solutions to that. What are we going to do? How Are we going to overcome that? Right. Do you really want to be out in the fucking dark at 7 PM, getting a walk on in this fucking random windy uh, street? Maybe not. Right. So we need to prioritize and plan accordingly. Right. There's going to be better and worse times to be working on certain things. Right. And this again, goes back to what we touched on before. And this is going to wrap up the podcast you need to actually map out a calendar of events, right? You need to have deadlines for that, milestones along the way, but you need to be able to look at your calendar for the year and go, okay, I'm working on this right now. Then it leads into this, and then it leads into this, and that's my year. And then it leads into this three year. Now you don't need to map everything out for three years, but you're like, this is the general trajectory. And then it's three years to five years, and then it's five years plus. You need to have some sort of map, right? Again, the further out you go, the less detailed it should be. But you should be know what you're. Or you should be. You should know what you're working on for the next three, six, twelve months. You should have, again, targets, goals, milestones along that way. And if you do that, you can assess how you are getting on. You can go, okay, I have a goal of fat loss. I'm supposed to lose twenty kilos by the end of the year. Um, it's February now, and I've lost one kilo. You know, I'm not on track for that. What needs to change, right? So. We need to have that timeline of events. We need to have some sort of time bounding for our goals, but it needs to be mapped out. Vague time bounding rarely works. And also what we really need to do, and this is really relevant for the health and fitness world is, we need to go, okay, yeah, fat loss is the goal right now. What's happening after that? like what, where are we moving after that? Do you know what the next step is? Because very often you see people get these before and after pictures, fantastic results. Great. You look great, blah, blah, blah. And then you see the after the after photo and they're in worse shape than they ever were. They terrible relationship with food. They're mentally not in a good place. And it's because they didn't have an after goal. Then we could argue that it's because they did things incorrectly uh, initially, but it's because they didn't have a map after that as well, right? Like it, you can do things incorrectly and then maintain those results by getting back on track with a normal uh, pattern of eating. It's very, re- well, relatively very easy to do, but we need to have a plan for that. If your plan is just to go, you know, oh yeah, look, I'm going to go back to the same way I was eating after being on a, an 800 calorie diet for the last 12 weeks, you are not going back to the same way of eating that you were. You're going back to like fucking hyper eating then, you know? and. Um, And again, I know everyone skips a step because I do with my clients. They're like, oh yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's cool. Here's my calendar. There's literally nothing mapped out. I'm like, no, we need to map this out way more in depth. You know, even if it's just for the next six months, we need to know what we're doing, right? And they obviously don't do that with all my clients, but you know, a lot of my clients I do that with as well, right? So do you have anything else to say on that, Gary? And if not, we'll wrap this up. No, that covers
0: it. And obviously, guys, this podcast is very relevant to the new year, um, and you may be looking for further guidance. So, in the case that that's you, we do have coaching spaces available so you can work with our coaching team. If you wish, you can just get in touch or visit the link in the description box below. Um, our email should also be below, but if not, it's info at triagemith.com so you can inquire about coaching there. Additionally, we put out a lot of free content. So, if you need helpful content that's going to help you get on the path with your goals this January. And for the remainder of this year, make sure you're following triage method on Instagram and then you'll be able to find everything you need. If you're a coach looking to support your education, we do have a member site called the coach's corner as well, um, which could be useful as you head into the new year, if you're trying to improve your education.
1: Fantastic. Anyway, I hope everyone does take the time, sit down, really just map out their goals, set their intentions, And I really do hope, you know, when we do the same rough podcast again next year, I really do hope you listen to it and go, yeah, remember I did that last year and accomplished all my goals. Yeah, That's what I want to hear. Right. And anyway, look, peace out. Enjoy the new year. Enjoy.